Hello and welcome to the Homeless World Cup podcast. Join me, Paul Hyland, and me, Adam Wilson, as we start conversations to better understand homelessness, as well as exploring different approaches to the issue. You can find us on our website, homelessworldcup.org, or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching Homeless World Cup. Or you can get in touch via email by writing to podcast at homelessworldcup.org. You've all been on a long journey, whether you have travelled from afar or whether this is your home. Every single one of you representing your nation standing here today has been on a long and hard journey, a warrior's journey. And this dream is built by you. So thank you, warriors all. The words of Michael Sheen there, with his rousing opening address at this year's event, which took place in Cardiff, Wales, last July and August. Tens of thousands of people came to the picturesque Butte Park to cheer on Wales and teams from all around the world, with Mexico ultimately taking the top prize. The energy, vibrance and excitement of the tournament was plain to see for everyone involved, especially for Wales' own Hollywood star. Splitting his time between acting and activism, Michael is a patron of Street Football Wales and is the man responsible for bringing this year's Homeless World Cup to Cardiff. Adam caught up with Michael at the tournament to find out more about his reasons for hosting the Homeless World Cup, how he got involved with Street Football Wales and their manager Kerry, and where he goes from here. We joined him right in the heart of the action. So Michael, day three of the Cardiff Homeless World Cup tournament, how's it going so far? It's been phenomenal. You know, that first day was, was quite overwhelming really, that, especially the morning. We all gathered at uh, Principality Stadium and all the teams were there uh, and I hadn't had a chance to meet all the teams because we had the big welcome thing the night before and I was having to travel down from London having to do publicity for, the, for it and ended up missing it. I was absolutely gutted but it did mean that then that next morning was the first time I saw all the teams That's together right. and, just see, and it was a beautiful sunny morning. And we had the the drummers there, and the the uh, and the marching band, the samba band, and everything. And they were already playing, and all the teams were coming in with their flags, and everyone was so excited. And people just started dancing in the in the sort of holding area, and it was the the noise was cacophonous, and the colour, and everyone was so excited and happy. And after, I mean, it's been years now of build up to this, you know, but particularly in the last few months, which have been full on, just to have that moment where it was happening. And not only was it happening, everyone was so happy and excited. It just was the, the payoff, you know, for, for all the work that's been put into it. And so then as we started the parade and moving off and all that noise and walking with the Welsh teams and seeing how much it meant to them and how excited and happy they were, it was just completely overwhelming. So I had my sunglasses on and I was going to take them off, you know, to walk along. I couldn't because I was so choked up. No. And people were coming up and trying to do interviews and things like that. And I just had to say, I can't speak at the moment. Sorry, as if I was like too busy to speak. But actually, I, I literally couldn't speak. As I started to form words, I could feel myself starting to go. And I thought I, and also I just wanted to enjoy that moment, you know. Um, so that was incredibly overwhelming. Then getting to the, the site, I've been walked through Cardiff and people there clapping and cheering and taking pictures and stuff. Um, and, and, you know, and especially also thinking the, the, us as a group of people, the people I'm walking with are people who a lot of the time and, and in the past and even now at times, you know, are ignored and, and people sort of cross the road a lot of the time. And here they are now being cheered and, you know, and feeling sort of on top of the world. And that was... They're being celebrated. Yeah, and that was really powerful. And then to get to the site and, 
and then to see everyone sitting in the stands and then to you know do the speeches and all that was amazing and then the welsh national anthem well it always gets you but you know it really got us i think with only boys allowed singing the choir and then that was shelly ann doing the song it was amazing and um and seeing how much that means to people as well the players you know i don't know if you saw mark our goalkeeper and with the red beard and he was like oh he was so into it and then the football started and then you remember oh yeah that's why we're that's here that's what it's about yeah exactly <laughs> it exactly. was just incredible yeah. and then all day yesterday again brilliant you know you're not you're not sure how many people are going to come and it was just packed and seeing all the family activities kids doing stuff and and the football and then the debate tent the bevan tent was packed all day and then the music last night it was just brilliant we have had a great turnout so far i mm. mean it's, it's every day going back to what you were saying before i mean these people who you said you would avoid on the street you know you would these people who a lot of people just wouldn't give the time of day to they're being celebrated here and that is really what it's about i want to get into how you actually got started with the activism how, how when did you make that decision how did that come about well it wasn't really a decision it was something that just kind of developed really i mean i don't even like to call it activism i don't really have a word it's i just call it the non-acting stuff that right. i do right. um and um i think everyone who, who gets a bit of celebrity you know gets asked to come and you know will you have a photograph for this will you come and visit this group or put your name to this will you be a patron of this and that kind of stuff um, and so that, you know, that was happening. There was some of that. And, but I have a, you know, I naturally was interested in certain things that were going on, particularly around the kind of area that I come from in Wales as well. Um, and then a big, big moment for me was when I did a project called The Passion in Portalbert in 2011, where I worked for a couple of years on developing a, a theatrical project in the town with the community. And it ended up being one single performance that lasted non-stop for 72 hours that took place all over the town of Portalbert and with about 2,000 local people involved. Um, and that, the development of that and working with the community on that <clears throat> um, really changed things for me a lot because it kind of opened my eyes to the people who are keeping community going really you know what 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 are the building blocks of community and the people who are at the real sharp end of the really difficult stuff um the stuff that you don't really want to know about until it forces itself upon you you know so people who are working it with uh, drug and alcohol rehabilitation or young carers or um you know working around homelessness or or debt or you know um whatever it might be um you know, oftentimes you don't, or grief counselling, or so, you know, the darker side of things, the things when, when people are going through difficult times. I, I started to meet all those people, all those organisations, and I realised two things. One, how incredible they are, what they're doing, and how, like I say, I, I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about that kind of work going on. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about whether they get paid much or whether they have support or whether, you know, how much they're, they're needed. Um, and so it opened my eyes to that, how phenomenal the work is that they're doing. And on the other hand, it also opens to how little support they have <laughs> and how difficult the circumstances are for those people. And it's only when you do have need of it, yourself or a loved one is suddenly, you know, in need of support like that, that you realise what a difficult job they do, but what an amazing job they do. And so it kind of, it opened my eyes to my community, but also realising that's going on in communities all across the country. Um, and so I got more and more involved with those organizations. After we finished The Passion, I, I stayed connected to a lot of them. Um, and then over that, so that was 2011. Mm -hmm. And then as the years went on, I started to um, want to find out how to help in whatever way, way I could. And part of what you know, I realized was that I can go and visit places. You know, people will 
be open to me coming along and seeing what they're doing not just in the area I come from but across the whole of Wales across the whole of UK and internationally as well uh, to a large extent and so I started wanting to find out what people are doing that is really effective what is what is helping in communities um, and wh- whether I can learn from that um, and 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 you know use that back at home with different people um, and uh, and so I started to to visit those sort of places and at a certain point I realized this is getting she's taken over you know I'm, I'm still trying to have an acting career as well um, and um, and so I knew that I, I had I had to make a decision at a certain point that either uh, I had to take a step back or I had to um, or I had to change things change things uh, to, to prioritize stuff that was going on in my life uh, in a different way uh, and so then circumstances in my life started to um, change in that um, my daughter uh, had got to the point where she was leaving home. Uh, she was 18 and she right. was going off to college. Because I was living in America at the mm-hmm. time, that's spending right. a lot of my time there because that's where my daughter had grown up. Um, I was coming to the end of the TV series that I've been doing for quite a few years there. Um, and, uh, and so it just seemed like, well, like the reasons why I was away from home were, didn't really apply anymore for the first time. I'd not, I'd not really sort of taken that on board. And so the decision to... to to take a step forward um, was made easier by the circumstances in my life. So I just thought, right, that's what I'm going to do then. And how, I, how did you meet? How did you get involved with Street Football Wales and Kerry? And well, I was doing uh, a thing called Soccer Aid. I'd been involved with yes, UNICEF, right. so I was an ambassador for UNICEF. Although I I got involved with Soccer Aid first, mm-hmm. that was how I got in touch with UNICEF, um, which was just childhood dreams coming true. You know, playing at Old Trafford yep. <laughs> with some of the greatest football players of all time as captain of the rest of the world. It was amazing. And um, and through doing that, then uh, Kerry at Street Football Wales got in touch and said, I'd love to come and tell you about what we're doing. I was like, yeah, fine, all right. So he came up to Manchester with uh, Wayne, who is now the, the men's uh, team coach, uh, and a couple of other people. And um, I remember meeting him and him telling me about what they were doing. And to be honest, I didn't get it. I didn't quite understand. I think it's a lot of people's reaction, not only to Street Football Wales, but the homeless World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Kind of go, why why are you spending money and putting all your energy into doing football tournaments for homeless people? Why don't you deal with the homelessness? Um, And so I was, you know, too polite to say that to him. But as he started to explain things, and then as I came down and watched what they were doing, I realized how brilliant the idea is, that the football is what draws people in. That's what gets you connected to people who it might be very difficult to, to, to get connected to otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, saying to someone, come along to this place and we'll do something that's good for you, never works. If you say, do you want to have a, come, come and have a kickabout with a few people who are, you know, doing the same thing as you, then people are much more drawn to that. Once they're there and they're getting involved, then, um, well, for a start, Kerry is such an amazing person, and and, uh, Gregarious, and, oh, I think is and just and he's there for you, you know. Yeah. Like he, no, he, he, there's no judgment, there's no stigma. Uh, you feel like he's a person who gets it, and you feel comfortable with him, no matter what is going on in your life. So that's the first thing, and he's incredibly encouraging to people. But then people are starting to make social connections, making friends. You know, we're talking about some people who have been some of the most excluded and marginalised people start to feel like they belong somewhere, and you know, people talk about joining a team. But they actually describe it like becoming part of a family. You know, the longer yeah. you spend in, whether it's Street Football Wales or I'm sure the other grassroots organisations around the world, and particularly in the Homeless World Cup, um, you start to feel like you're part of a family. Um, and people start to feel a bit of, bit of pride where they felt, you know, all kinds of things <laughs> in the past. They start to feel a bit of self-confidence, a bit of self-esteem. And that, that just 
creates change. That becomes the catalyst for the possibility of change in a way that I'd not really seen before. So I was convinced that this was a transformative um, organization to be a part of. And then through me becoming patron of Street Football Wales, um, I found out about the Homeless World Cup. I couldn't believe it. Like, what, once a year? This happens every year. How do you, how does this work? Uh, and as I started to find out a bit more about it, I thought, well, I want to go and see this. So I went to Oslo for the Homeless World Cup That's there right. a few years back. I remember I seeing went, you on right? the streams. Yeah. And I went with the Welsh teams and we just spent the week together and I watched them play and, and I supported the other stuff with them. And, and that was when I started to see, uh, again, not just the transformative effect of, of being part of this group, but also then the next step, which is what happens when you wear your country's jersey, you know, when, when you're actually representing mm -hmm. your country. Like I say, people who have been ignored and marginalized and excluded suddenly representing their nation. That, that has an extraordinary effect on people. And I remember sitting there and watching someone, you know, I was sitting in the stands talking to one of the Welsh uh, ladies team players. Uh, and she was telling me a bit about her life and how she had been in prison and come out and become homeless for four years and you know, struggle, had struggled with addiction issues, was in fact struggling with them right there and then, uh, you know, coming abroad for the first time in her life. She hadn't seen her children for a long time, uh, dealing with mental health stuff as well. And then she said, oh, hang on, I've got to go and play now. So she <laughs> went down, took her tracks to top off, went down, played, and I watched her play in the match and I saw her score the first goal she has ever scored in her life, but for Wales, you know. And I'll never forget the reaction, her, just a reaction, her she just twirl. spins yeah. around and yeah, spins around, and then she's back in the game, you know. Uh, and then, having then got to know her, you know, I've known her now for years since mm -hmm. then, and I've seen how her life has, has transformed, you know. Now she's got a relationship with children. In fact, I met her daughter the other oh, day for the first right? time. Okay. She's here, uh, and, uh, you know, and she's about to, uh, Dee, the woman, uh, is about to um, open a, a business venture uh, here in Cardiff. Um, and her life is transformed. And every single person I've spoken to who's, part, who's been part of the Welsh team in the past um, has a similar story to tell. Mm -hmm. Wayne, who's the, the coach of the men's yeah. team, his story is extraordinary. You know, yeah. that I, I, in fact, he said, I've heard him tell his story a few times, and it is an amazing story. But I heard something the other day that I'd never heard him say before. We were, we were talking about, you know, we were doing an interview and that kind of stuff, and he said, um, he said you know, when things were at their worst for me, I, was, I come out of prison, I was homeless, dealing with severe mental health issues, addiction issues. So when things were at their worst, I just used to hang out in a park in Cardiff because I had nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. And that was when things were really dark for me. And he said, uh, he said next week, because this was last week, he said next week I'll walk back into that park because that park is the park that we're in right now, Butte right. Park. And he said, I'm going to walk back in. I will be the coach of the Welsh men's team. I have a full-time job. He works for, uh, uh, full-time for the big issue. Now, uh, I have a you know, secure home. I have a partner who I met at last year's Homeless World Cup in Mexico. Uh, and things have completely changed. You know, now my mental health stuff is under control. The addiction stuff is a thing of the past. My life has been saved by, by this. What an incredible journey. It's amazing. And, and so you know, you know it works. You know I mean? That's what's extraordinary. Well, I was going to ask, because just going back to something you said before, when you said that when you mentioned the Homeless World Cup, especially to people who have never heard, it, mm. heard of it before, you get the immediate reaction of, well, why don't you just help these people instead of putting on a tournament for them? Yeah. But we see, and you've, as you just said, you've had first-hand accounts of it actually working. Why do you think football works in this way? Why do you think it's so successful? Well, one of the things that a lot of the players say when you, when you ask them, particularly the players who are playing in the Welsh team right now, 
because um, of course you can only you can only have the experience once you can only play for That's your right. country once in this because we want as many people to have the yep. experience as possible so for a lot of them it's quite early on in their journey really with all of this stuff um, because you, 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 you might get involved with Street Football Wales play in a team then there are trials for the national team if you if you take part in the trials and you get picked for the team you might that might not have been much more than a year's journey for you so far so when you speak to those players and say you know is, how does this make a difference to you most people will say when I get on the football pitch I don't have to all the stress goes all the worry about the stuff that I'm dealing with in day-to-day -day life goes and it's just an escape I, it's just an escape and but it's interesting you speak to the people who are a bit few more years down the line maybe people who did take part in it and are now involved with street football wales in some way or just want to stick around you know so people whose journey is a bit longer you realize it's not an escape it might feel like an escape but actually what it is is a way to help you deal with those problems There's some real and solve a lot of them yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so you, so on the one hand the way it works is that to begin with it's just a release it's an escape and you have a bit of respite from the stuff that's going on in your life uh, and that in itself puts a foot in the door you know it creates a little bit of space that there wasn't before that allows change to come in if you've been involved in this for a few years it goes way beyond that 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 foot in the door turns into smashing that door down moving into the next room and you know taking it over it becomes a whole other thing so you can see how it works at different points in that journey we've got natalie handley who was playing for uh, the welsh team in chile if i'm not mistaken uh, and she is now refing this mm. tournament as we speak. And she, I mean, that's just. And has just got uh, uh, qualified now to to be able to ref in eleven aside matches. That's right. As well. So she now yes. has a whole career as a referee that she had no idea was ever going to happen. Exactly. To her. Is and it's, it's such a short period of time yeah. as well, and it's such a quick turnaround. Um, and also the other point I suppose as well is, is, is when you talk about what success looks like mm -hmm. with this, because I think a lot of people feel, as indeed did I, feel that success is more like. You give someone an opportunity, they take it, they run with it, and suddenly things change and there's no looking back. And that isn't really what success looks like, I don't think, here. So, for instance, there's a, a, another ex-player whose name is Rachel, who, um, who now works full-time for Street Football Wales. But her journey has been really messy. It hasn't been linear like, like Wayne's journey, more. Like, Wayne got a chance, took it, ran with it, got another chance, took it, and kept going. And it seems like a sort of very linear, what we think of as successful story. Rachel's story was that she got involved with Street Football Wales because I think the guy she was hanging out with at the time wanted to come down and get involved. She came down with him. You know, she came in and out of it. Kerry was always there going, come on, get involved. You know, being encouraging like he is. She would get involved. She would go away. Eventually, she got picked. Uh, she, she got picked for the, the Welsh team. Uh, and then, like, you know, her life exploded again, went away. Eventually, she played for Wales, having had that experience, which was amazing for her. Again, her life went off in a different direction, and then she came back. To, but always it was there. Kerry was always there. Street Football Wales was always there with a chance, with hope, you know. Uh, and when the moment was right and the stuff that was going on, going on in her life kind of all aligned itself, that transformative experience that she'd had was able to kind of kick in. And she now, she, she came back from a honeymoon a couple of weeks ago. Um, she's started working full time for Street Football Wales. She's, you know, her life now is transformed, but it didn't happen like bang, 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 bang. It, you know, it's messy. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not, that success uh, isn't there yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. isn't coming now uh, you've I mean as you say your non-acting stuff 
what's on what's coming up for that what do, are you continuing with street football wales are you going to keep supporting them and can you tell us what, what's yeah. coming in the future well originally the idea was that the company that we set up in order to deliver the tournament mm-hmm. um would be disbanded once the tournament okay. was finished you know that that was it was just something that you set up in order to as a delivery vehicle really um but now i've decided that i'll keep that company going um, and that will be the company that will handle the legacy work that we'll do. So at the heart of it for me from the very beginning was when I was there at Oslo, in Oslo and watching what was happening, I could see that the experience itself of being part of the tournament is potentially transformative. And that is enough, you know, in one sense. But I also saw that there was the potential for something else um, and that it could be a platform for what could happen after the football finishes. Um, so that's partly why our tournament this year looks the way it does that it's you've got the football at the heart of it that is the main focus but we've got the music stage and we've got the Bevan tent and we've got all the family activities it's in order to draw as many people as possible down here because once they're here then they get engaged in different ways you've got all kinds of opportunities to get engaged you can't help it you know everywhere you go there's stuff going on that you just kind of go whoa what's that about um and so the more people we can get engaged with this the more it becomes a platform to be able to create change afterwards you know so there's all the delivery partners who've put the tournament on with us so that's you know people like cardiff city council um welsh government are involved now um pobble group street football wales itself you know all the the, uh, cardiff university all these groups involved can say right We've delivered this, we've collaborated effectively on this. How can we collaborate in the future around these issues, around homelessness and social exclusion? Because a lot of those uh, organizations are people who are involved in dealing with those issues in the first place, and not everybody agrees with how they do it. Everyone has different ideas. So getting people around the table is the beginning of a new way of collaborating on it. Engaging with the general public in the way that we are, you know, that we had, uh, we've got the Cymorth Cymru uh, Play Your Part campaign, which is, you know, saying, look, if you want to get involved in this and help, here are five things you can do straight away. And that's not just for the general public, that's for businesses, that's for, um, you know, Welsh government, local authorities, Westminster, um, you know, the, the social landlords, private landlords. There's very clear sets of asks that come out of this. And we want to be able to then. Anyone who does get engaged with this, we want to be able to uh, keep them uh, connected and you know, create a movement really moving forward so that that engagement turns into concrete change as well. So, uh, so that's one thing. I'm going to keep the company going <laughs> and, and I'm going to be getting a, a legacy coordinator who's going to oversee that and that becomes their full-time job so that we can work together on that and keep it going. Um, so I'm committed to these issues now. You know, I'm com- I've, the people I've met through working on this have become good friends people who I really respect now and I want to continue working with so uh, this is a you know full-time thing now from now on that's what we work on um, but there's all these other things that I've been working on as well and they all seem like they're different things but actually it's all part of the same thing it's about going there are people who are getting a rough deal <laughs> who you know who should be getting more help um, and that we as a community um, each one of us moves through different periods of when we need more help, where we are more vulnerable for different circumstances. You know, there's not this one group of people over here who just are, you know, the the, the deserving or undeserving poor, and uh, you know, the homeless or whatever. You know, we're, we're we're a group. We're a, if you think about your family, people within your family have tough things happen to them every now and again, and you help them. And different people need help in different ways. And if you've received help, you're far more likely to give help in the future as well. And that's us as a community, you know. So it's about 
making sure that when your time comes that you need that help that it's there um, and that you're aware of it before that hopefully um, so it's all this all part of the same thing the work I do on high cost credit stuff is exactly the same thing I was going to mention that yeah, yeah the work mm-hmm. I do on whatever it is local journalism whatever it might be access to the arts for young people coming from you know backgrounds that don't have the luxury of, 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 of that kind of stuff you know uh, equal opportunities and equality is just it's just about creating a fairer deal for people and I think that's you know partly because of where I come from the community I grew up in I, and that I'm still very much connected with I, I see that people don't have the same opportunities there as people in other places that I go to through my work and stuff and it just it's like it's not because they're more deserving than others it's just not fair it's not a level playing field so I now have resources and opportunities because of what you know the, the, the chances I've been given in life and I want to be able to use that to try and make that play, playing field a little bit more level. Well you've achieved it with the Cardiff Homeless World Cup Tournament 2019 and thank you very much for joining us Michael I appreciate that. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. In our next episode we'll be speaking to Katie Dalton, Director of Camarth Cymru, Wales's umbrella body for providers of homelessness housing-related support and social care services, and another person who made the Cardiff tournament the success it was. Email us at podcast at homelessworldcup.org with things you'd like to hear discussed or get in touch with us on social media. If you enjoyed it, please give us a rating of five stars on iTunes or give us a share online. Intro music, Daffodil Hill by Buzzard Buzzard Buzzard. This podcast is brought to you by the Homeless World Cup Foundation, produced and hosted by Adam Wilson and Paul Highland.